It's time for your daily dose of all things Chicago sports. This is the Daily Score. Now, here's your host, Mark Grody. What's going on, sports fans? I am Mark Grody. We welcome you into the Daily Score today. We are coming at you from Soldier Field, home of the Chicago Bears. The Bears held their family fest practice on Sunday. About 15,000 fans on hand at Soldier Field. It was a very good practice, actually. The Sunday practice for the Bears, probably Justin Fields' best practice in about a week or so, hooking up with DJ Moore on a touchdown, again, connecting with Chase Claypool and using his tight ends well. So it was a pretty good day for Justin Fields on Sunday. And I want to get right into it because DJ Moore spoke, the Bears' number one wide receiver. and he shared something like in terms of real progress, real progress on something that wasn't really happening last year that is happening this year. So it's short. So you got to listen quickly, but here is the bears top wide receiver, DJ Moore on Justin Fields's progress. You can see uh, he's making checks on his own. He's doing uh, a lot of different things off script that uh, they say he didn't do last year. So seeing positive from him. Yeah, it's big. And, you know, some of that was on the coaching staff last year, not necessarily a criticism, but it was this guy's learning our offense, the Luke Getze offense. And they treated him to some degree as a rookie in the offense. And this year you go to the next level in terms of learning the plays. And, you know, there've been indications of that from Matt Eberflus throughout this camp and Luke Getze and the offensive assistants that, Yes, he has the way they've put it is he just has a better command of the playbook. So getting to call his own plays in the two minute drill, which they were big on on Sunday, working that they started one of the two minute drills deep in their own zone. The drive did stall out probably on around the 17 yard line going the other way. So it was a good long drive did stop and they were in position to kick a field goal. They never actually did line up the field goal because they just put the second unit out there. But for whatever it's worth, it was a pretty good two minute drill in which, you know, three points were put on the board. I know you want them to get into the end zone, but there were a lot of nice plays that were made along the way. The big news of the weekend, and I know a lot of people, you guys probably tuned out a little bit this weekend just because it was a very bouncy weekend in Chicago with the Cubs and Lollapalooza and the Bears practice and whatever else you had going on this weekend in Chicago. So the Bears did sign Yannick Ngakwe as we're recording this on Sunday, and you're probably listening on Monday. Ngakwe has yet to practice with the team, nothing to be alarmed about. Ryan Poles said that he rushed to Chicago for the introductory press conference, which was held on Friday, actually. And they're going to allow Yannick Ngakwe to you know, go back home, kind of close up shop at his old place, and then come back here. I think my guess is that we'll see him on the practice field on Tuesday this week. But you have a guy in Ngakwe who is averaging just over nine sacks a year. He's just a super steady NFL defensive player. Not going to blow you away necessarily. He's not a difference maker like Khalil Mack, but he is just tremendously successful. But the questions have popped up. This guy's been on five teams in four years. Why is that? Is he a bad locker room guy? Is you know, is there something wrong? Is there something undesirable about giving this guy a long-term extension? And Ngakwe was asked about that. 
I'm not sure. It goes back to productivity. I feel like I'm blessed to be able to produce consistently, and that's what I plan on do for uh, for my team here. You know, uh, we need to be able to be uh, consistent, and that's what I'm trying to bring here. How eager or motivated are you to turn this into finally a home? You know, uh, you know where you can, you know, you can spend some time. I feel like it was meant for me to be here. You know, um, I actually have a bear tatted on my hand, so I feel like that's a sign to me that I was always meant to be a Chicago Bear. Has it been kind of a frustration that you haven't, you know, that you've had to go place to place? Most guys in your spot. It's a blessing. It's a blessing to be in the NFL. You know what I mean? A lot of people will kill to be in my shoes, and that in itself is a blessing. You've been so productive despite moving around to your fifth team since 2020. How how did you do that? I know scheme matters, but for you to, like, not have any sort of drop-off with the sack numbers. Mental strength, man, and faith. That's what it was. I feel like God put me in position to be able to produce, and you're my Lord and Savior. That's all I can say. As an extension of that, with the number of times you have changed teams and changed buildings, what have you learned about making that process a little smoother, a little easier, that'll help you this time? Honestly, just being a good teammate, you know, just filling out guys and, you know, being a servant leader, you know, it's, it's an easy transition wherever you go. You got to be selfless. I love that he has, a, he just happened to have a bear tatted on his hand. Small B, small B, not a bears, but a bear, bear versus bears. But, you know, this was not necessarily the appropriate time to follow up on tattoos because there's so many questions for him. But I'll find out. I'm going to find out why he has a bear tattooed on his hand. I mean, anything goes. I mean, so the fact that he said he was meant to be here, absolutely love that. And if you didn't hear the very beginning, you know, he was asked, why, why man? Why you been five teams in four years? And his you know, first three words were, I don't know. But he laid out his consistency and what he's obviously done very successfully throughout his career. So we'll see. I mean, say my, my guess is, is that he's not here after this year, but who knows? Who knows? Maybe he fits right in with this core, this growing core of Bears players, and maybe this is the place he gets his long-term deal. We shall see. One of the criticisms of Ngakwe is that he is not good at stopping the run because he really has not been great at stopping the run. It is true. The Bears defensive coordinator, Alan Williams, was asked about that. He'll be just fine. No, he'll be just fine. He can choke a guy out. Uh, believe me about that. He will. He can choke a guy out. And, you know, we're, you know, that's our, that's our first thing that we're going to stop the run and earn the right to rush the passer. So he'll be part of that too. Uh, the mentality of making sure that we stop the run. Uh, he'll be just fine. I've, I've watched the tape and he'll choke a guy out too. Is there an overreaction then? Like for the last couple of years, he, at least statistically, it's shown that he's struggled against the run. Is that overblown? Would you say? Yes. Yes. And yes. Um, he'll be just fine in the run. Is that in part because he is, as the initial part, he's paid to get knocked the quarterback down? Like, uh, I, I think you can do both. Uh, some people would like to say, hey, this guy is a pass rusher, just like they say, hey, this guy's a cover corner. Uh, in the NFL, you, you have to do both. Your skill set may be higher one place than another, uh, but I don't think he gets enough credit for uh, doing what he does in the run game. If you, you look at the tape, uh, he's he's been productive, productive enough to win football games. And make no mistake, he'll choke a guy out. Got to be honest with you, I've been covering football full-time since 2018. Not sure if I've heard that yet. I did not like it, but I don't know if I've heard anybody talking about choking a guy out. Here's the thing. I don't care. I don't care. Ngakwe is here to sack 
the quarterback. So while you don't want him being atrocious at stopping the run, that's on Allen Williams, the defensive coordinator, to compensate, to figure out who is going to stop the run because Ngakwe is here to get to the quarterback. And like I said, he has done that nine to 12 times every year for about the last six years of his career. So that's what he does. I always think it's like overrated. And we we have to ask about stuff like that. But look, man, I don't remember Khalil Mack when he came in here being a devastating run stopper. As a matter of fact, I don't think anybody gave a crap about Khalil Mack stopping the run. Julius Peppers, when they signed him, and, and you know, Julius Peppers was pretty good at stopping the run, actually. But hey, well, like when they would drop Khalil Mack into covers, like, what are you doing? Don't do that. Don't, don't drop Khalil. Sack the quarterback. So I don't know if Williams is right that he can choke a guy out and that he's actually good at stopping the run. But guess what? Don't care. Don't care. Get to the quarterback. It's opportunity cost, man. If he gets you your 10 sacks this year and he's not good at stopping the run, you really going to be upset about that? I'm not. I'm not going to be upset about that. This next cut from Allen Williams I think is interesting, and I uh, I will disagree with Allen. Up front, I will tell you that I am disagreeing with what he's about to say here. Allen Williams was asked, again, he's the defensive coordinator, do the expectations go up now that the Bears have signed Yannick Ngakwe? I don't think it does because my expectations were high uh, to start off with. What we try to do is temper, or not even temper, that we develop our expectations before the season and we don't let outside influences say, hey, you got to do this or you got to do this here. We already had high expectations that the guys that we had were enough to win ball games to develop. So that is, again, Yannick is, he's a, an extra piece to the puzzle that we have. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> your expectations don't go. I get it. Every, you love your own guys. You love the guys here. You had high expectations for this team. But how does a guy who, again, is, averages around 10 sacks a season not change the expectations of your defense? So, of course, it changes the expectations of your defense. I find it a little bit ironic here, too, that Allen Williams began his press conference by thanking Ryan Poles and his scouting staff for bringing him somebody who could get to the quarterback. So it's okay, Mr. Williams. You can admit that a guy who can get to the quarterback is worthy of raising expectations for the defense. And, and the players all feel that, trust me. And talking to a bunch of the players especially guys in the secondary who can make a difference. Those guys were jumping for joy. Jaquan Brisker texting Eddie Jackson first thing when he saw us all tweeting out the news and saying, you know, basically who knows how excited they actually were, but the team is thrilled. And so, yes, your expectations should definitely go up for this defense. couple more things before we get out of here, including we're going to hear from Mercedes Lewis, the new tight end here in just a second. Fascinating guy. But, man. Robert Tunyon said something really interesting over the weekend because I don't know if you caught it or not, but in the Bears practice a few days ago when the defense dominated the offense and they were animated and they were out there chirping and it seemed like the offense was more laid back. You know, coming into question via Darnell Mooney was Justin Fields' juice on the field and his vocal leadership. And Justin Fields is a calm guy. He's a calm guy. So that's just not necessarily his style. I mean, 
all the word is that he's a very good leader, but he doesn't do it with a loud voice and you don't see him going crazy and getting guys into it and adrenalizing guys. And some of that, I'm not saying he was criticized for it, but that came into question just a little bit. And here's his tight end, Robert Tunyon, to address that aspect of Justin Fields' game, which maybe doesn't really exist. Yeah, I talked about that with him a little bit today, actually. He is growing up more into that boisterous leader role, which he wants. And, you know, he's he's reaching, like, he's trying to reach those goals of being the leader of this team more vocally. But he doesn't always have to be the juice guy. Like, that's not a quarterback's job. Like, you have to have guys in the locker room who hold themselves accountable as well, who bring the juice every day, whether it's receivers, running backs, linemen, tight ends, like – you can't put every single thing on this kid's shoulders. So, but whatever he's comfortable with in, in doing and playing his game and sticking to what he knows and what he does best, I think that it's our job to kind of form around him as well. Was that basically your message? Like, hey, you don't have to do all this. I got your back, sort of. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, I mean, how is he, 24, 25 years old? And you're going to put the city of Chicago on his back? Like, he's got enough on his hands. He doesn't have to, you know, make sure everyone on his team as bringing the juice or the energy. Like as grown men on this team, we have to hold ourselves accountable as well and help him out. I agree with a lot of what Robert Tunyon just said there. And by the way, he is holding this, the city of Chicago on his shoulder. He, he's the starting quarterback of the Chicago bears. That's the way it's always worked for all quarterbacks in this city. Justin Fields, no exception. I do understand what he's saying. Like the like other players in that locker room have to be held accountable. But I also think that that's part of Justin Fields' game that has to grow. I do think that he's got to be out there getting guys motivated. And even if it does feel a little bit like disingenuous to him, I think that Darnell Mooney mentioned it. They need a little bit of that stuff out there. And he, you know, he, he is the leader, and he's talked about wanting to be the leader, self-proclaimed and very well accepted by the locker room. But that's next-level stuff. You know, I guess it doesn't have to happen right away, but I do think that that's important. Last thing on my agenda, I have an agenda, that's right, is Mercedes Lewis, man. The Bears tight end, former Packers tight end, former Jacksonville, former a lot of teams tight ends. Mercedes Lewis is 39 years old. The Bears did wave, injure Chase Allen to make room for Mercedes Lewis, but He's an interesting guy, and you could tell you could tell why locker rooms love him, and I could tell why the Bears locker room is going to love him just talking to him. One of the things that I asked Mercedes Lewis was, at the age of 39, where does he get his inspiration to keep playing this game of tackle football? I would say, like, not in my sport. Obviously, LeBron, LeBron is one of those guys that, you know, you look at him now and, and like I was just watching a video of one of his workouts and to think that this dude is about to go into 21 years playing playing the game of basketball is just ridiculous. I mean, his workouts look like he's still like he's getting ready to be on his first NBA team. And it's just inspiring. When I first came into the league, I had, I had a couple really good vets. One of them, Fred Taylor, uh, was in Jacksonville when I was there. It was my first training camp, and we had a drill called the Oklahoma Drill. You familiar with that? Yeah, yes. so the Oklahoma Drill is uh, where you build your gristle, right? And it's it's like a nine-on-seven run drill. And I remember I went up against, like, 
two to three starting defensive ends and got a couple pancakes, drove one of them all, all the way out to play. And Fred T pulled me inside and was like, hey, man, you keep doing that, you're going to be in this league for a long time. And that's always stuck with me. We talk about it still to this day. Fred T, by the way, is Fred Taylor. And that's pretty good insight by Fred Taylor, right? You're going to be in this league for a long time. I don't know if Fred Taylor like thought at age 39, the guy would still be playing, but he's still playing. And guess what? He's still a plus blocker in the NFL. So there's all sorts of stuff that this guy can still contribute. He's not going to be a big part of the passing game or anything like that, or maybe not even play a ton. And he may not even make the team, but I believe he probably will. And just spending that, 10 minutes or so that we got to spend with him. You just tell, man, this guy is a tremendous makeup. Oh, by the way, too, he, t- he slipped in at the end of the press conference and we weren't able to follow up because we're not able to, you know, just keep the guy forever. We were down to our final questions. He throws in there. Oh yeah. Five years ago, I interned at Google. What? Interned at Google. I guess he's like, as he said, he's into venture capitalism and things like that. And he's done a number of business internships. So I'm looking forward to getting to know this guy a little bit better. One other thing, too. There's been a a decent amount of starters on defense missing practices with injuries. Matt Eberflus told us you know, from the beginning that if they are serious, he would add details. We don't get details during training camp on injuries. We see for ourselves just watching and keeping track of who's playing and who's not literally looking at a roster and taking attendance. And let's see, on the Sunday practice, Jaquan Brisker missed, Kyler Gordon missed, Tremaine Edmonds missed again, Jack Sanborn missed again, Demarcus Walker missed practice. So you get the idea, a lot of starters missing. Now, apparently they are day-to-day injuries. That's what we're told. But the other thing is, is Flus did admit that this is not good in terms of cohesiveness and every day working together as a unit and getting better at defense. And the bears were bad at defense last year. So this is something you can be concerned about. I know it's camp and Justin Jones told us who who is been practicing and not missing practice told us he believes that everybody will be ready once day one comes and he said, look, everybody's got different bodies and everybody needs different types of rest and breaks and things like that. So you hope, you hope that that is the case, but we've heard stuff like that before and then things become more serious. So take it for what it's worth. I'm just telling you what they're saying, but you are allowed to infer what you want from a lot of that. I hope this has been helpful for you getting caught up on uh, the weekend. I hope you had a great weekend. I hope you did something fun. I hope you got outside, even though as I'm looking out here at Soldier Field right now, it's gray and it's a little bit drizzly and I am contemplating whether or not I will be walking home from Soldier Field today. So we shall see. Hope you have a great day. For our executive producer, Ray Diaz, I am Mark Grody. Talk to you soon. Bye.